0: It's the picture on the box. Well, ladies and gentlemen, wow, thank you. Uh, I think it's time for a quick commercial break, so sit back, relax, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Cracking, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about to go down. Here's what I need you to do because I'm ready to see what the Lord has for us, okay. But here's what I know. I know that there's a wide array of us in here tonight. Some of us, you're pumped. You're ready to be here. You're locked in. You're like, woo, let's go. It's time. Some of y'all are like, my mama made me come. You get nothing out of me, sir. I get it. It's okay. God's going to meet you wherever you are. I want to invite you to keep it real. And I want to invite you to do this. Look at the person next to you real quick. Come on. Just real quick. We're going to make it good and awkward. Yeah, some good awkward eye contact. Did they look away already? Yeah, they did. They're not ready. They're not ready. And here's what I need you to say to the person you're looking at right now. I just need you to say to them, it's about to go down. down. Oh, yeah, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. It is. It is. Now, there might be somebody on the other side of you. I need you to look at the person on the other side of you now. Look at the person on the other side of you. We're going to make it nice and awkward still. Nice and awkward, weird even. And now I just want you to say, too, it's about to go down. Yeah. It's about to go down. Okay. I'm going to keep it real. Y'all are my type of crowd. Amen. amen. Okay. Hey, all right. Y'all hollering back at me already? Let's go. Feel free if you feel an amen, a hallelujah, a woo. You can sprinkle that in here, too. Hey, hallelujah. Let's go. I'm Damien, and and I have the awesome privilege of I'm the young adults pastor at my church, North Coast Church in Vista down in San Diego. And our young adults group is called the Jordan, and um, they let me pastor there, you know, and they let me get wild and crazy. And I get to come to camp this weekend with you all, and I just get to go crazy. So I want y'all to know that I'm ready to go crazy, and I pray and I hope that y'all are ready to go crazy too, amen? Okay, okay, so I'm going to introduce you to the praise phrase tomorrow morning, all right? The praise phrase is coming tomorrow morning. If you've been with me before, you know the praise phrase is wild. It's going to go down in the morning because I know some of y'all are going to be a little sleepy, and the praise phrase will wake you up. But tonight, I want to introduce you to something that I like to call a safe space, and what I mean by safe space is I just want to invite you, family, wherever you find yourself this weekend, I just want you to be real. Some of you, your faith is off the charts, and you are like, I'm killing it for Jesus. I'm ready to go. This is just going to be a little bit of that adrenaline, a little bit of the, ah, <gasps> that's going to be that for you. Some of you, you're like, I don't want to be here. It's cold. I, I, again, my parents made me come, so I'm here. Some of you, you're like, I'm not sure where I am in my faith. Some of you, you're, you're, I don't know what it all means. I feel like maybe I should be at a different place than I am. Some of you, you come up here and you're carrying a lot of stuff. It's a little weighty. How can you enter into the presence of God, knowing the things that you know about yourself, feeling the way that you have felt? And I just want to invite you to bring all of that into this space and be real. Amen? So, so what, 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 you'll, what you'll see me do throughout the weekend when we're together is, I do something called safe space. And all I do is just this, safe space. Just two claps, spread it out, safe space. So it just goes, safe space. Very simple. Observe it two more times, safe space. One more time, safe space. Now I want to invite you to create in this space a safe space with me. On three, safe space. One, two, three. Safe space. Okay, okay, not everybody gets it on the first time. Not everybody gets it on the first time. Some people are like, "Um, run around space, what, Um, safe what? Okay, safe space on three. One, two, three, safe space. One, One, two, three, safe space. It's just a space where you can be honest, you can be real. Your leaders, your pastors, they create safe spaces for you. During your cabin time, all of the moments that you guys are going to have together to talk, safe space. Amen? Amen? So I just want you to be honest with where you are. I want you to be real. God does not want to meet somebody that's just faking the funk. If you don't feel like it, you don't feel like it, let God meet you in that I don't feel like it place. Amen? Amen. 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 Let me pray for us. And then let's rock and roll and get all That God has for us. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you that every single person here is here on purpose for purpose. And that just simply means, God, that there are no accidents in your kingdom. No matter what got us here, you are going to do what only you can do. And so, King, we just say we trust you. We just say we trust you to have your way. Will you have your way in our hearts? Will you have your way in our minds? Will you be God? And we just thank you for it. We thank you for all that you are and all that you are going to do in us and through us this weekend. If you believe it and receive it, let me hear you say amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen, amen. So we are going to be hanging out. This weekend in the book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to be looking at the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Solomon, y'all. We're going to be looking at Solomon. And it's awesome because he's talking about meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. All of this is meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. We're just vapors. Nothing has meaning. It's meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And as we dive into this, I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I want to go, I want to go, we're going we're to be hanging out in Ecclesiastes 1, Ecclesiastes 1, sorry. Ecclesiastes 1, Siri, <laughs> she said, I'm sorry, can you say that again, Siri trying to get saved, hallelujah, she going she to get Jesus too, she going to get Jesus too. So we are going to be hanging out in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 to start us off. But before we jump into Ecclesiastes, and this is the writings of Solomon, before we get into this kind of like a poetic book, before we get into that, I think it's worth an introduction to Solomon. It's worth kind of going back a little bit further and kind of getting an idea of who Solomon is who Solomon is and so in 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 5 this is where we kind of get a little bit of insight into Solomon first Solomon is one of King David's sons Solomon is one of King David's sons and he ends up taking over for King David and this is the moment where Solomon is, is is he has a vision, God meets him in a dream, and Solomon has the opportunity to ask God for whatever he wants. Now, now, now if you if God was like in a dream tonight, and God came to you and was like, okay, whatever you want, it's yours. Ask me. I got you. I got you. What would you what, anybody want to yell out what they would pick? World peace. No, you would anybody no no world peace, No world peace. Five million followers. What, what what would you anybody what would you what would you say? Wisdom? Oh, you what wi- wisdom. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Well, you're just like Solomon. Amen. Because Solomon went in. God said, ask me for anything, and this is what Solomon asks him for. 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 5, it says this. That night, the king appeared to Solomon in a dream. And God said, what do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Verse 6, Solomon replied, you show great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, verse 7, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. Now, this is so cool because we're getting a look at Solomon before he comes into the kingdom, just before he's about to become the king. And I love this because he has humility He's walking in humility, and he says to God, he's like, God, hold on, Um, I'm like a child. I do not know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You've put me over this great kingdom. My dad is gone. I don't know what I'm doing, so will you give me an understanding heart? Give me an understanding heart so I can take care of your people well. And it says, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And I love the Lord's response. The Lord, the Lord is off the hook. I love the Lord. Verse 10, it says this. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever seen or will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Riches and fame. Not No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Okay. We're going to jump into Ecclesiastes in just a few moments. What I want to invite you all into this weekend, hearts wide open. I want you to do this with me real quick. Just take your hands up and put your hands up like this, okay? Now just go out like this and show me your hands, okay, hands. Now do this, bring your hands to your face and show me your face. Yeah, there you go. Show me your hands, show me your face. Show me your hands. Okay, now I want you to give me like your supermodel face right now. Show me your face. Show me your hands. Now I want you to give me just pure joy face right now. Show me your face. Hands. Now, I just, I just anger. Who's angry? Angry. Just give me your angry face. Show me your face. Uh, I don't know why. My, is that angry? That's angry. Hands. Now just big beautiful smile. Show me your face. Hands, face. Hands, face. Hands a face. Hands, face. Hands, face. Hands, face. Hands, face. Hands, face, hands, face, hands, face, hands, face. Give it up for you, hands, face. Okay. The journey we're going to go on this weekend is we're going to go on a journey from hands to face. We're going to go on a journey from hands to face. We're going to go on a journey from hands to face. We're going to go on a journey from hands to face. Because the question that I want to present before you as we dive into the scriptures is do you want the hand of God or do you want the face of God? See, I think that's the huge journey that Solomon goes on in his reign as king. He goes on this journey from hand to face. He goes on this journey from hand to face. He goes on this journey from hand to face. He goes on this journey from hand to face. face. And so where we see Solomon here talking to God, what we see is a young man who is humble before the Lord, He goes to the source. The source gives him a choice of what you want. What do you want? And then the source gives him what he asks for and even beyond what he asks for. And now, fast forward, Solomon has done a lot of things. He is rich, like rich, rich, rich. He is rich in wealth, Rich in wisdom, rich in property, rich in livestock. My guy is balling out of control. He's rich in experiences. He is rich, living a lavish life. Oh. Hand, face, hand, face, hand, Face, hands, face. All right. If you're a prayer warrior, I need you to pray for my laptop. Amen. I need you to just pray for it. Hallelujah. I'm gonna put it at an angle like that. Hallelujah. My wife is gonna kill me, Jesus, because <laughs> I need a new one now. I need a new one. But this is the experience of Solomon. If you see it start sliding again, just yell cuckoo. All right. Just <laughs> that's all I need you to do. coo cuckoo, and I'll be like, gotcha. All right. So this journey that Solomon is going on, we now see him towards the end of his life where he has had all of these experiences. And he's gone through a lot and now he's writing and this is what he says. And I feel more comfortable here. (laughs) This is what he says. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Verse 1, he says, these are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go But the earth never changes The sun rises and the sun sets Then hurries around to rise again The wind blows south and then turns north Around and around it goes Blowing in circles Rivers run into the sea But the sea is never full Then the water returns again to the rivers And flows out again to the sea Everything is wearisome Beyond description No matter how much we see We are never satisfied No matter how much we hear We are not content history oh history history merely repeats itself it has all been done before nothing under the sun is truly new sometimes people say oh here is something new but actually it is old nothing is ever truly new we don't remember what happened in the past and in future generations no one will remember what we are doing now i the teacher was king of israel I lived in Israel. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven. I soon discovered that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. Verse 14. I observed everything going on under the sun. And really, it is all meaningless. Like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. Okay, 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 okay. See, reading that, I just want to take King Solomon and hug him and be like, brother, what happened? Like, what happened, King? Like, who hurt you? Who, Who hurt you, King? But I love this because... We had the opportunity to see King Solomon before he became king, before he got what he asked for from God, and more than that. We had the opportunity to see him before the source. We had the opportunity to see Solomon Asked the source for what he needed, and we had the opportunity to see the source provide everything that he needed. And now we fast forward, and King Solomon is saying, I've experienced everything under the sun, and there is nothing new. Not only is there nothing new, but everything is absolutely meaningless. Here's what's dope. We sometimes think that the Bible is an ancient book that has no relevance in life today. But my goodness, if we look around, everything that King Solomon wrote in the Bible right there is so relevant in the world today. Oh, family, you're sitting there. I'm standing here. And in areas of our lives, we're looking for meaning. We're looking for purpose. Purpose. Some of us have been doing this Christian walk and, and, and we're on the cusp of our faith. Not just being our parents' faith anymore, but now it's we're on the we're at that space where I'm old enough to make this decision on my own to follow Christ. Not because my nana said I should do it, not because my mom does it, not because my dad is expecting it of me, but because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He rose again, died on the cross so that my sins can be forgiven. Everyone in this room is in that space where we have the opportunity to take ownership of our. Own relationship with the Lord. And I think in this journey that we see Solomon on, I think maybe, maybe he got attached to the resources and maybe forgot about the source. And so I, I, I think I think, as we start this journey, what we have to understand about God, and what we have to understand, and my hope is that As we walk out of this room, that you and I will walk out of here with an understanding of who God is and what it means to fear God. That is my hope, that we land in that place. Who God is and what it means to fear God. And when we're looking at who God is, so often we get mixed up, we get God mixed up with these two words. The resource and the source. The resource and the source the resource and the source, the resource and the source. And let me give you a quick understanding of the difference. A resource is material, staff, and other assets that can be drawn on by a person or organization in order to function effectively. So a resource is a something that is a tool that's used to function effectively. A resource is something that we gather. It's material, people, it can be resource, it can be money, any of those things, things that we gather and use to help us. That's the resource. And check this out, a source. A source is a place, person, or thing from which something comes or can be obtained you take notes, write this down. God is the source. God is the source. God is the source. God is the creator of all things. He is the source. Everything else is a resource. See, I am a resource to point you to the source. I am merely a resource. I am a resource to point you to the source. And what Solomon was blessed with, he was blessed with all the wisdom in the world, and he used all that wisdom, and God blessed him with the wisdom, and he was able to acquire a lot of resources, a lot of riches. He was able to acquire a whole lot of different things, a lot of riches, a lot of, a lot of experiences, a lot of people following him. He had a lot of resources But what I think we can see in his writings is that a lot of resources without the source is meaningless. A lot of resource without the source is meaningless. Oh, but can I just tell you, I love resources. (laughs) The computer that just fell to the floor... That's a very good resource. I, I, my notes are on it. I I I surf the internet and all that good stuff on my phone, it's a good resource. And so often what happens, family, is you and I we try to find meaning and purpose in the resource. Oh, what do I mean? I mean sometimes we try to find meaning and purpose in other people. Can I can I can I keep it real with you? Safe space. Amen. Hallelujah. Safe space. I am a people pleaser. Any people pleasers? Any recovering people pleasers in the house? All right. I'll, we're going to pray in the corner later. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a people pleaser. What does that mean? That means I want people to like me. I want them to be happy. And when I was younger growing up, I was just like, okay, whatever you need me to be, I'll be it. As long as you're happy with me, just smile. Just be happy. I can do 50 million things all at once without breaking a sweat. I'm here for it all. People pleaser. I, everybody else's yes and what they think of me, that was what I was searching and finding my meaning in, my purpose in. I was trying to find my meaning and my purpose in a resource that was not the source. Oh, family, and when we do that, when we do that, we short circuit the purpose that God has placed inside of us. Oh, we, 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 we set others up for failure and we set ourselves up for such disappointment because the, we're not meant to live on the praise of people. We're not meant to live on the yeses of everyone around us, on what people think of us. No, you and I, we are called to have a relationship with the Lord, but so often we go with the hand. We want what's in his hand, but we don't want what's in his face. We don't want to see his face. And I just want to tell you, family, this weekend, I want you to open up to understanding the difference between the hand of God and the face of God. The hand is filled with real. Resources. The hand is filled with so much that we need. But the face of God is filled with the ability to see you. The ability to see you right where you are. The ability to give, to, to, to see beyond the exterior that you put up. The ability to see the fact that you came up to this mountain hurting, but you've been able to muster up a smile on your face. See, so often we settle for the hand of God, the resources, and, and then God, what, what happens is God becomes the, the genie, and we come, and it's like, all right, Lord, um, um, I've been depressed for four weeks, I need you to help me out, bing, give it to me, joy. Ah! And there's no relationship there. And we just go to him and we say, all right, now I need you to do this. Now I need you to do this. Now I need you to do this. And I just want to tell you, family, we're not created to just go up to to our God and get what's in his hand. We're created to give ourselves to him, get to know his face, and then he takes us by the hand. Amen? He takes us by the hand and begins to walk us through the hard things that we're going through. Oh, he continues to, be, to walk us through those moments of joy, those moments of, of peace, but also those moments of despair, those moments of frustration. This, this is the difference between a source and a resource. God is the source. God is the reason for all things. You and I, we are resources. We are resources to point everyone back to the source. And, and here's the thing, meaning and purpose... It doesn't start, it doesn't start here. Meaning and purpose doesn't start right here. Oh, there's meaning and purpose there. There's meaning and purpose inside of you. But I love Solomon in the moment where he goes to God and he's like, hey, God, I don't know how to do this. Will you help me? Hey, God, I don't know. I don't know how to navigate through this situation. Will you help me? He said, God, I feel like I'm a child to this. I don't know how to do what you're calling me to do. Will you help me? And God, did God look at him and be like, get it together, man. Figure yourself out, Solomon. I told you, you're the king. Figure it out. No, no. But so often that's what we think the source is doing when he looks at us. We think the source is looking at us with, stri- with, with just x-ray vision of disappointment, ready to condemn us to hell, ready to say, you messed up, you're not good enough. And we then we turn because I haven't done enough to please the source, the Father God, so I'm going to turn to this Instagram post, I'm going to turn to this TikTok, I'm going to turn to all of these things to try to find my meaning and my purpose, and we settle there. And what Solomon is realizing and seeing is like, anything apart from God, you will soon find that it is meaningless. Looking for purpose outside of God, you will soon find that can't happen. And this, this is the journey that we're going on this weekend. God is the one source of meaning and purpose. If you take notes, write that down. God is the one, one true source of meaning and of purpose. And so my question that I asked you before I ask you again, do you want his hand or do you want his face? Do you want his hand or do you want his face? I was um, in junior high school, Anybody like Taco Bell a little bit in here? Okay, a little bit, okay. I'm going to keep it real, safe space. I'm a little too old for it now, but hallelujah. Messes a brother up, but amen. Messes a brother up. It does. I can be honest. It's a safe space. I can be honest. But back in the day, junior high school, I remember when they first, we got a Taco Bell stand in there. Oh, and we had rice and chicken burritos. Burritos. And I, I, and, and I would have a few dollars every day to get me a rice and chicken burrito. And there was this one kid, and I, I didn't really know him that well, but this kid always asked me for money to buy Taco Bell at school. And I was like, I don't even know you, dude. Okay, so cool. So I, you know, I'm a good guy. Here you go, man. All right, here. What's your name? Okay, you're just going to go get the burrito. Hallelujah. Go do your thing. Next day, going out and get my burrito. Same kid comes up to me. Hey, man, can I get some money for a burrito? Okay, here, go get a burrito, man. I still don't know your name, though. I still don't know your name. Every day, he would ask me for money to go get a burrito. You guys know anybody like that? Anybody in your life like that, that they just ask you for for something? How does that make you feel? It gets on your nerves. (laughs) It gets on your nerves. You just... I don't have no burrito money for you today. I don't have no burrito money for you today. Like, dang. I No, I don't have no. But I end up, here, dog, go get a burrito, man. Shoot. Not, sometimes I would not. I would go without a burrito so he could have a burrito. But <laughs> Super spiritual. Amen. 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 But I wasn't spiritual. I wanted my burrito and I wanted a, a couple extra dollars to get a Coke. Amen. Amen every day he would ask me, "Can I get some money for a burrito?" I, I was like, "Oh man, the burrito!" It got to a point where you see him coming, and you're like, "Oh shoot, hey fellas, the burrito guy's coming! It's the burrito kid! It's the burrito kid!" You try to get away from the burrito kid. Why? Because all he wants is what's in my hands. He doesn't want to know me. He doesn't want to know my name. He doesn't, want, he, he doesn't even want to look at me. He just wants what I have in my hands. And some of us was like, that gets on my nerves. But here's what's bananas. We do that to God. When we go to God and we just say, God, I just want your resources. God, I just want everything. I just want you to bless me. I just want you to bless me. I just want you to heal me. I just want you to heal me. Now, I'm not saying we don't go to God for things and for healing. But what I am saying is that what God tends to do is he tends to move in and through relationship. Relationship is everything. Relationship is everything, fam. And so often, what we desire is relationship. I want somebody to see me. I want somebody to know that I'm here. I don't want to just sit in a room full of people and feel like I'm by myself. I want somebody to see me. Hand, face, hand, face, hand, face. You see... The hand is about depending on the resource. So the hand just comes to God because I want to get this from God. I want to get this from God. I want to get this from God. But the face speaks to the relationship with the source. Oh, the face speaks to a God who looks at you and sees you. The face speaks to a God who says, I am going to give my son for you. Of The faith speaks to a God that says, you stand in here tonight, you sit in here tonight, and you feel like you don't have purpose. You feel like your life does not have meaning. He says, come to me and I will feel you I will show you what I have placed inside of you but just don't don't just settle for the resources that I have for you but if you come and be in relationship with me I can show you how to navigate through this life through this world so that you don't end up saying meaningless 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 but you understand and find the meaning that God has placed inside of you and then you go to people in your youth group on your campuses and you tell Them, there is purpose inside of you, there is meaning inside of you, and it's not attached to how well you perform, it's not attached to the relationship that you're in, it's not attached to the instrument that you can play, it's not attached to the sports team that you're on, it's attached to the Creator. Hallelujah! I get excited about the Lord, I get excited about the Lord, and I get excited about telling people about the Lord. Because I've sat in these chairs, <laughs> let me keep safe space, I've stood on this stage far too often, feeling like, God, where are you? Feeling like, worthless, meaningless. Worthless, meaningless, same thing over and over again. And I'm telling you, family, it's the shift from just depending on the hand to going to this face, to seeking his face, to seeking his face. You see, the world will tell you and I. The world tells us things like, go after your purpose. Go after your meaning. This is your life. You you, you heard that? Some of y'all probably said that. Mom, this is my life. Father, it's my life. I remember being 15, 16-year-old, like I was the, I, I thought I was the bomb. I didn't pay no bills, but I thought I was the bomb. Shoot, 15 years old, mom, you better leave me alone. And then my mom slapped me and then I had to pick myself up. So that's a different generation though, amen. Di- pray for me still, pray for me still. But, 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 but this is, it, it, that's what the world tells us. Find your meaning, find your purpose. Live your truth. Live your truth. But what happens when me pursuing my truth lends to a spiral of depression that I have never experienced before? What happens when my truth leads to that truth? See, this is what the world would tell us to do look within you got this, you are in control, and the more life you live, just like Solomon, you realize, oh, I am actually not in control at all, and that's when it comes down to do you want his hand, or do you want his face, and I believe that there is a group of students to this weekend that are just saying, I want the face of God I'm seeking the face of God I'm not going to settle for his hand oh I want to I want to go hand in hand with him but I want to see him I want to know him I want the face of God but this is where it gets interesting if you take notes write this down and I'm almost done his face comes with fear his face comes with fear his face comes with fears and here's 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 what i mean by that his face comes with fear now there are so many um um moments in the scriptures where angels show up and 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 they show up and and the people that see the angel they just freak out they're like ah because they're scared because and angelic hosts and all that the glory of god is kind of like ah so there's this awe factor to god there is a little bit of like whoa this this big god god you are big you are huge but what i mean by his face comes with fear is that we have to fear god not like, oh my gosh, God, what are you going to do? Don't hurt me, don't hurt me, I'm scared. Don't hurt me, don't hurt me. No, but fearing God, and if you take notes, write this down. Fearing God is putting God first. That's just a simple way. How do I fear God? Put him first. How do I fear God? Put him first. How do I fear God? Put him first. Let me, put, let me make it even more simple than that. Start with God. Start with God. Getting to know God and letting His Word carry weight in His heart. My my oldest son is 17 years old. I have four kids: 17, 16, 13, and 11. I know, I know, right? Black don't crack, amen. Come on, somebody, I die. I got four kiddos. My oldest just got a job at In and Out. He um he just. He, I, 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 just, I bought him his passport, he just paid me back for his passport, he just, bought, he just paid for his car insurance, and I'm just like, and he's getting me double-doubles, hallelujah, hallelujah. So my, my, as a dad now, what's happening in my son's life is, I wonder if my words carry weight in his life. See, when he was little, I would just say, hey, Malachi, go over here. Malachi, go over here. Do this. Do this. Now he can go wherever he wants to go. Now, now, now I've entered a, a, a season of parenting where I'm coaching him a little bit more. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm, I'm coming alongside of him and coaching him. And one of the most important things to me as his father that I have an insecurity about is does my words carry weight in my son's life? What does that mean? Does he care about what I say? Does he care about what I say anymore? Do my words make a difference in his life? Do my words help him? Do my words help shape his decision making? Do my words help give him a different perspective to help him make better decisions? Does my word help him live his life in a better way? And can I tell you, that's a part of the fear of the Lord. I ask you this, if you fear God, where does his word weigh in in your life? Does his word carry weight? Because that's a part of the fear of God is does his word carry weight in your life? Do you care about what God says? Do you care about what God says? And the answer should be yes and amen. Why? Because he says so much about you. He says so much about you and, and unlike popular, popular demand and popular things, like he's not saying, you're going to hell, 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 you're going to hell. He's not waiting to damn us to hell. What he is doing is he's waiting for us to, to come and put him first so that we know that he is the source of. All that we need. He's coming so that you and I we come to him and we see, oh, he's the source. Lord, you are the source. Fearing God is letting his word carry weight in our lives. Proverbs 1:7 says this: Fear the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. You want true knowledge? Start with God. I like to I like to picture it as if I have a bookshelf. When you walk into a room and it's a bookshelf, where do your eyes go when you look at the bookshelf? Top shelf, right? Like the higher shelves. And I like to look at fearing God is taking God from the bottom shelf of my life and putting him on the top shelf. And maybe that's, maybe that's the journey for some of you tonight. As you discover that God is the source. Not just a resource to get my needs met, but he is actually the source of all that I need. And I am whole and complete in my relationship with him. I will fear him because that is the foundation of true knowledge. But it says here, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I love it in the message. It says, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Where did we first see Solomon, y'all? he was bowed down to the to God he was asking hey where god i can't do this help me i can't do this help me so to fear god is to start with god i want to give you this too write this down if you take notes the fear to fear god is to also enjoy god oh, come on come on fam it's fun to be saved. It's fun to be a follower of Jesus. But so many people would not be able to tell that by the way we look when we come out of church sometimes. People would not be able to tell that by the way we look sitting in church sometimes. I'm looking at some of y'all. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all are like, okay, brother. Yeah, yeah, face, hands, brother. Whatever. Whatever, brother. Not yet, okay? Not yet. Like, like, come on. Like, God is fun, y'all. Oh, some of the things that we think are the most beautiful things on this side of eternity are God created. I'm from San Diego. We know how to take a picture of a sunset. Mm, It's so pretty. It's pretty. It's beautiful. Our God is fun. And maybe the invitation for some of y'all is to enjoy God again. Enjoy God. Have fun with the Lord. Enjoy the fact that, you, that the creator of the universe sees you, knows you, and loves you. Have fun. Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take God so seriously. Now, have fun with them. I take the scriptures very seriously. I take the Holy Spirit very seriously. I take what I do very seriously. But I don't take myself, <laughs> you probably see that, amen. I don't take myself too seriously. But I take God, like, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can laugh with God, amen? Oh, being with God is fun. Being with God is fun. Can I tell you this? This is one of my favorite scriptures. Take notes, write this down. To fear God is to trust God. Trust God. To fear God is to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know this, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Verse 7 is my favorite. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Mm. Come on. Don't be impressed with your own, okay, I'm going to say it in the message Bible. The message Bible is just, is just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun paraphrase. I love it. It's a fun paraphrase. It says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Somebody just got permission to stop trying to figure things out on your own. Maybe that's the invitation for you this weekend. Trust God. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. This is what Solomon is getting at. This is what Solomon is saying. He's like, nothing is new. Everything is meaningless apart from God because God is the one who gives everything meaning. God is the one who gives everything purpose. He is the creator. So trust him. Oh, I love it. It says, "Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track." You some of us were worried about staying on track, but 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 the scriptures tell us, "Trust God, fear God, put him first, and he will be the one to help you stay on track." Don't assume. okay. All right. Be, okay. Y'all ready for this one in case okay. Don't assume that you know it all. Hey, don't assume that you know, ooh, come on, come on, don't assume that you know it all. I love the word of God because the word of God keeps it real. The word of God comes from my neck sometimes. I'll be reading the word and I'll be like, okay, Lord, dang, you just going to get me like that. you go, just going to get me? Like, that's the, and it's don't assume you know it all. Don't assume you know it all. It says, run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. But don't, dear friends, resent God's discipline. Don't soak under his loving correction. It's the child he loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all this. See, when we trust God, we can trust his correction. We can trust his correction. This is what it looks like to fear God, fam. This is what it looks like to fear God. This is what it looks like to go on this journey together. And the last thing, to fear God is to believe God. Believe him. Oh, I'm going to invite you to turn your faith all the way up this weekend. I'm going to invite you to turn it all the way up. I'm going to invite you to just trust God like you've never trusted him before. You may be sitting there and you don't even know how to trust God. I'm just telling you, you showed up. You made it. And here's the reality. I don't know what it took for you to get up this mountain, but I'm just here to tell you, you are here on purpose for purpose. Amen? Oh, you are here because the creator of the universe ordained it to be so this weekend. So together, we're going to get all God has for us. Together, we are going to kick some devil butt. Together, hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Together we are going to discover and understand that the source, the very hope, the very help that we need is not found to the left. It's not found to the right. It's found in the source, our living God. Hallelujah. The fear of God is to believe God, last scripture, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. Uh, it's, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists And that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. (sighs) Show me your hands. (laughs) Did you use it to cover? Amen. That's good. That's good. Good. I like it. I like it. You're so safe. Safe space. Thank you. This is the journey we're going on this weekend. We're going from hands to 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 We're going from to We're going from hands.. to We're going from hands to face. No longer will we just go after what's in the hands of the creator. This weekend is going to mark a weekend where we get a fresh desire to see the face of the creator. Why? What that last portion of Hebrews eleven six 6 says, he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. He cares enough. To respond. Do you understand we do so much to be seen and to garner a response from people? Our God, the source, not just a resource, but the source of our purpose, of our meaning. He cares enough to respond. this weekend, as you seek him. Bow your heads, close your eyes, let me pray for us and my computer. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy tonight. Thank you that you are the source, that you are the true source of meaning. You are the true source of purpose. And just as Solomon sat, at the end of his life and realize that apart from you, things are just worthless, things are meaningless. We sit here at the beginning of our journey together and we just wanna ask God that you would continue to reveal meaning and purpose in our hearts and in our lives. Will you continue to show us that you are the source of the purpose that we so desperately desire? That you are the author and the finisher of our faith, and help us to fear you, God, meaning just help us to put you first. Help us to enjoy you. Help us to trust you. And help us to believe you. And we thank you that you are faithful to complete the work that you started in us. And as a family, we sit here and we just say thank you. Thank you for all that you are going to do. And I stand here with some friends that I know and with some new friends that I look forward to getting to know. And I just declare this truth, Lord. The enemy is defeated. In all of our hearts. In all of our lives. He comes with nothing. And he leaves with nothing. So we thank you for the victory that we have in you, our creator, our Lord, our savior. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let me hear you say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Love y'all.